0: Testing. Commentary on Chapter 64 of the Tao. Attend to the End. That which is at rest is easily restrained. That which has not yet appeared is easily prevented. That which is weak is easily broken. That which is meager is easily scattered. Consider difficulties before they arise, and order things before they become disorganized. First off, an obvious theme that appears is that in which we can prevent issues before they occur. Now, what does that sort of imply? To prevent an issue before it occurs, is to understand that that issue is even a possibility to begin with one must understand that that issues su- succeed the current uh, conditions so therefore to prevent these issues is to predict these issues well how do you do that you have to become conscious of your environment now that's another huge theme throughout this book is acknowledging your environment because to understand your current conditions is to understand your future conditions and to understand your future conditions is to understand the conditions that they will cause therein when we're talking about that which has not yet appeared is easily prevented 641 we see right there that you have to predict the future now it seems superhuman but honestly it's quite simple you have to understand the present if I don't plant enough seeds to survive next fall, well, then I have to understand that. I have to understand, and, I, and if, if I can realize that, then I can move to act on that issue, because it will become an issue, because I won't survive that next fall. Now, this is continued right here, 64.2. Uh, a mighty tree grows from a tiny seed. A pagoda of nine stories is built from nine bricks a journey of three thousand miles begins with one step okay so again it's a it's about that initial point that initial condition right okay so a mighty tree grows from a tiny seed well what's that tiny seed doing okay it's acknowledging now first let's clarify that that the that these seeds are not conscious okay When I say that the the seed is acknowledging its environment, I mean that it's interacting with its environment, the same way that we do. same way that we can acknowledge our environment even if we don't consciously dictate it. Okay, so a mighty tree grows from a tiny seed, 64-1. That tiny seed is reacting to its environment. There's a cause and effect relationship between the two. Okay, so then for the tiny seed to grow into the mighty tree, it has to first act on its present conditions okay so it has to acclimate to its surroundings it has to uh, understand in its own specific way now this is good for us too because we each understand things differently we all learn differently we all see things differently just like the tiny seed does okay so in this sense we are the tiny seed okay so then how do we grow into a mighty tree Okay, just like we said before, we have to deal with problems before they appear, which means we have to understand our current conditions. We have to be self-aware. We have to acknowledge our surroundings, right? So, a pagoda of nine stories is built from small bricks, right? So, again, to build this building that he's talking about here, you have to have a lot of small bricks. Again, this follows the same exact theme... So first, you have to take the small bricks, but what else is it implying? It implies the manual labor, it implies the hours, it implies the work, it implies the dedication that one has to take okay, to even begin this project, to start it, to understand the conditions. Why am I building this? Why do I need to build this? Same thing with the next line, 642. A journey of 3,000 miles begins with one step. Okay, so what are you doing? There's a purpose. Okay, there's a purpose for this journey of three thousand miles. Okay, in this specific instance, why am I going on this journey? Why are we going on this journey? Okay, three thousand miles—that's a lot. Okay, so obviously, any journey, all of our journeys, are specific to our individual. And because of that, because of our journey, and our continued journey throughout life, we are always acclimating ourselves to our present conditions. Consciously or not now to consciously do so is to consciously predict Okay Consciously predict that we're going to be facing issues in the future So obviously in this specific scenario by using 3000 miles that goes for any journey Like I said all of our individual journeys begin with one step. It's that initial leap forward. Okay? It's about now. What do you have to do? What do you have to do before you can take that one step? you first have to decide that you are going on that journey. It's purposeful. You've acknowledged your conditions and you've decided, I'm going to go on this journey in this specific example, 64.2. So then, what journey are you going on in life? What is that first step that you have to take to begin this? Okay? All right, let's move on to 64.3. Try to reshape a thing and you will deface it. Now okay, this is the second theme that shows up. however, the the these two themes, first theme um, acknowledging your current conditions, right? Now suddenly we have uh, another theme. it seems it seems drastic, a drastic shift, but really these two coincide quite quite uh, realistically. Try to reshape a thing and you will deface it. try to control it and you will lose it 64 three 644. The wise, accepting things as they are, deface nothing, not seizing things, they do not lose them, while others, in their mad rush for wealth, are always chasing success, but coming up short. Okay, so what's going on here? What are, what are the, what are, what's the theme that, that's presenting itself here? Okay, so try to reshape a thing you will deface at 64.3. Control. Now that's the second part here. Control. You're trying to reshape an object. If you're trying to handle a piece of artwork, you're trying to you're trying to reshape it. Okay, you're going to deface it. Okay, now whether that's positive or negative, let you decide. But to reshape something, to have that sort of control over what we would conceive as an object or, or an idea, uh, community standards, culture, etc., all of these things, you will deface it. You'll change it. You're going to have an effect on it. In all things, because you are a cause-and-effect machine, just as everything is a cause-and-effect machine. Okay? Now, the wise, here's what they do. They accept what things are. They don't deface anything. They understand that art is art, and culture and culture. Okay? They understand that these things are, in themselves, ever-changing, ever-present. So they, do, they cannot deface it. Because everything that they do, they understand that things are the way that they are okay they don't seize things and thus they do not lose them 64-4 they do not seize things they don't try to control things that's not their goal when they when they make art or when they change art or when they change culture if they present an idea they don't want to control it thus they're not gonna have that sort of negative connotation we have with seizing things okay while others in their mad rush for wealth are always chasing success but coming up short again the same exact idea right here okay So they're trying to control it. Their purpose is to control it. That's exactly what they're doing. That's what they want, okay? So the wise, accepting things that they are, they deface nothing. Meanwhile, others, in their mad rush for wealth, okay, they're chasing success, but they're coming up short. Okay, so so what is this saying? There's a difference between the wise and the others, as he's saying. And that is that the wise are in the flow, okay? They are in the culture, they are in the art, they are the art, okay? Because they deface nothing because they understand that it's changing. They understand that they have no control. They've given up the possibility of control. They realize that's an absolutely ridiculous notion, okay? So others have not reached that point yet. Now, that's no fault to them, okay? Because remember, the Tao is that which has brought you to your present condition, okay? So these people aren't inherently evil, they just have yet to become wise. Now, that's what all people are, is that they have yet to become wise, okay? All people are yet to become wise. In fact, you can never really be wise. You can only be more wise than someone else. You can never reach a point where you say that you are wise. You can never be wise, okay? It's a spiritual journey, but you can become more like the wise that he's describing in this book, okay? Uh, 64.5, to succeed, be attentive at the end of an enterprise at the beginning. Testing Commentary on Chapter 64, Section 5-7 through seven of the Tao Te Ching Section 5 To succeed, be as attentive at the end of an enterprise as at the beginning. Section 6 The wise do not desire what they do not possess. They learn to be unlearned. They attend to that which others ignore. Section 7. In that spirit, they help things grow without interfering. Referring to the commentary that we discussed in sections 1 through 4, this is again simplifying the mindset of simplification, which Lao Tzu talks a lot about in this book. To succeed, be as attentive at the end of an enterprise as at the beginning, Uh, section 5. What he's talking about here, an enterprise, a task, in which one is accomplishing. So, to succeed in the task, a task which is succeeded is that which attempt is given at the end as well as the beginning. Now so this is sort of a, a double entendre here. What he's talking about succeeding, completing that task, right, must be given attention at the end as well as the beginning. Okay. So those tasks which are succeeded are those in which this has taken place, whether that's unconsciously or from the second meaning, to be conscious. So this is not only a general statement about human nature, this is also a tip for people who are struggling, okay? To attend at the end of an enterprise is to succeed. Now this is sort of a given. Of course, I'm sure we could all come to that conclusion, but what's next connects almost directly to this. The wise do not desire what they do not possess, they learn to be unlearned, they attend to that which others ignore. Now remember that though sections may seem disconnected at time, the genius of this book lies in the fact of the absolute interconnectedness of all passages, all sections to one another. So section 5 here, to succeed, be as attentive at the end of an enterprise as at the beginning, this may seem out of place given the themes that we talked about last time, but this is referring to the wise in this context. The third meaning that one could derive from this. The wise do not desire what they do not possess. They learn to be unlearned and they attend to that which others ignore. So connecting these two, the wise to become wise in this context is to succeed at attending in not desiring, in unlearning, in attending to that which others ignore. So, to be attentive at the end of an enterprise, connecting the same wording as well. This isn't a secret. This is right here in the book. To be as attentive at the end of an enterprise, and referring to section 6, they attend to that which others ignore. So, their task is to attend to that which others ignore. So, first they begin, and now it's implying that they are succeeding by attending to that which others ignore okay? In that spirit, section 7, they help things grow without interfering. So again, this is part of the uh, task that Lao Tzu is given at section 6. In that spirit, they help things grow without interfering. Well, what's going on is that they are letting go in that same vein, that same idea. They are unlearning. They're attending to that which others ignore. They're desiring what they do not possess. They're learning not to do so. In that spirit, they help things grow without interfering. So to achieve this spirituality, to achieve these ideas, one must help without interfering. To, to give up the possibility of control. This is the essence of our spirituality. This is the essence, to give up control voluntarily, and to see to it that control is given up voluntarily. That is the essence of our lifestyle, that is the essence of our principles, that is the essence of our philosophy, and that is the essence of our politics. In that spirit, they help things grow without interfering. The wise are those who achieve that. To be wise, to be favorable, is to do so. Now, these are the last few sections of this chapter, so we'll stick with uh, covering these themes here and connecting the whole, the whole chapter together, okay? So let's go back to, to section three. Try to reshape a thing and you will deface it. Try to control it and you will lose it. A wonderful example of our politics, of our philosophy. Again, just as I said, the absolute interconnectedness of all of these aspects, okay? Okay. To try to reshape a thing and you will deface it is implying that you will ruin your goal. If you have a goal in mind and you set out to control something over it, then you will deface it. You will not achieve it. You will change it. So then what do the wise do? They understand this and thus they are not carrying any sort of capacity to control. They don't want to control. They want to establish a connection. They want to build, they don't want to control, okay? So they want to grow, they don't want to control, they don't want to interfere, okay? So again, get this in your head, all right? This is the essence of our politics, okay? The rituals that we practice, all sorts of these things are not a means of control, okay? They're a means of growth because the two, while they're oftentimes interconnected in modern technological society, These two are absolutely distinguished from one another because, take this for an example, a metaphor, a man in the woods, right? Now, he has in his head that he can still control, okay? He hasn't hasn't taken that leap to become wise yet, so he's going to go out and he's going to do awful things, okay? He's going to kill people, he's going to hurt people on the name of progress, but for what? Okay, He has no plan in mind. He has no essence to his spirituality. Okay? Look at my t- look at the uh, text from before what I was talking about uh, defacing. Okay? Absolutely in the same exact vein we see y- applying that metaphor that you can have power, but you don't cause change. Okay? Now that's a great stepping stone to spirituality. Going out and causing direct action like that is a great way to inspire people, but you're not going to get the change that you want if you don't first overcome that spirituality. The wise help things grow without interfering. Very inspiring. Section 4, the wise accepting things as they are deface nothing. So, then to separate these two ideas is to separate the idea of control and growth. Okay, so the wise, when they go out into the woods, they build, they create, they hunt, and they gather, but they deface nothing because they are nothing they are the same as the animal they're the same as the rock they're the same as the as the spirits in which possess these things not physical spirits of course but we're talking about psychology they disappear in the forest they never come back out they never go to prison they never die because they never live okay now that's the essence we're trying to destigmatize these ideas okay talked about in eastern philosophy most of the time Western philosophy is very obsessed with conceptualizations of an afterlife in which one must do good, aim to live forever, etc., etc., etc. Making peace with death is to become one with nature, because to die as an individual, spiritually, or psychologically, one becomes no different than his surroundings. Become animalistic, let go of your ego, and you will finally understand what it means to live, okay? To learn to live, you must almost die in this sense. Now we're talking spiritual, we're talking psychological, we don't mean literally dying, of course. Although that is a step that is taken to become one with nature. To succeed, be as attentive at the end of an enterprise as the beginning. Set a goal for yourself, and continue to attend to it, always.